Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. I've got a new column on there after the Heat's win against Chicago overtime win. Tyler Hero with 27 points, but kind of putting in context this entire Heat start 17-6 and six to start the season. Also, we'll have something new from Nikias Duncan on there. Had something from Zach Buckley over the weekend. We've got more free Heat coverage between what we have on the podcast and also on the website, social YouTube channel, streaming, than anybody else in South Florida. Trust me on that. But before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can check them out at onecalllegal.com. That's right, onecalllegal.com. They handle cases from all over the state, and they've got someone there 24 hours a day to help you. They're also based right here in North Miami. That's right off of I-95 and 103rd Street. So just turn off 95 when you're waiting on the Golden Glades. you got a legal issue to handle, and come see them over at Seltzer Mayberg. They handle personal injury, immigration, traffic tickets, and all kinds of other types of legal cases. That's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, OneCallLegal.com. And now, on with today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here again on the Five on the Floor podcast. No Alf, no Alex, no Chris Maddox today. There's this seat at Heat Games. I was telling Siku Smith about this yesterday when we were sitting there at the game. And I don't know if the Heat are doing this on purpose. Um, It's in the 106 section of American Airlines Arena, right above the sort of the first risers. And they just keep rotating a national guy in there to, uh, you know, to watch the game. And it's almost like they're putting that person there to sort of ask me the question, did you expect the Heat to be this good? We've had Howard Beck there. We've had Bobby Marks there. We've had Mark Stein there. Uh, You've noticed these people have all been on the podcast. We've had Amin Alhas in there. I just keep rotating in the people there. And now today we've got Sekou Smith. So I'll pose the question to you after I talked your ear off for the entire first half last night. Did you expect the Heat to be this good? (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, You know, and I thought they would be different, you know, but I wasn't sure they'd be, how much better they'd be, to be honest with you, because all they really added was Jimmy and young guys. Um, So, you know, I've been as surprised as anybody that they're as good as they are. Uh, And seeing them in person twice now. So I'm once in Atlanta and and then watching them uh, against the Bulls. I'm struck by how cohesive they play as a group, even without veteran bodies. They didn't have Goran Dragic, um, didn't have other guys last night, and still found a way to win. It's pretty impressive. Um, It's it's remarkable to see Eric Spolstra. I think I said it last night. After all these years, you know, there was a time when he was the youngest coach on the block. Like, he was the babyface guy. Now seeing him as the veteran 
in the Eastern Conference and really in the league. You know, he and Pop, if I'm not mistaken, are the two longest tenure coaches in, in the entire league, which is pretty pretty stunning when you think about it. Yeah, he's a few, he's four days ahead of Rick Carlisle in terms of tenure with just one team. There are guys who've maybe coached more years, but like Doc Rivers has coached for what twenty seven teams at this point. So yeah. you know, so I, so I don't I don't know that you can count him. But yeah, Rick Carlisle was hired by Dallas four days after Eric, and it's interesting, and I think it speaks to the benefits of of continuity that the two biggest surprises, I think, nationally, to people at least, uh, are Dallas and Miami in, in terms of the two conferences. And it's, it's two places where the coach and the system have been in place forever. And it's also a place where, interestingly enough, you've just had, you know, arguably, you know, the most important player in each, each franchise's history. And, and in Dallas's case, I don't think there's any question that it was Dirk. In, in Miami's case, it depends what you, where you put LeBron, right? Like his four yeah. years. But, but, but it's really Dwayne. And then in both cases, they've been replaced essentially uh, by a prodigy. Now, I'm not saying that Tyler Hero is Luka. I don't think anybody is Luka, <laughs> actually. But it does show you that if you bring in the right player to the right organization, and you and I were talking about this last night, and this is, this is how we were talking about the Bulls a little bit. And by the way, if you want to find Seku, you can find him everywhere on Turner, so NBA TV, NBA.com and all those other spots, and he's been on the podcast with me before. But you and I were talking about the Bulls and that there are teams that draft talented guys or people we think are talented guys, right? So Laurie Markkinen went there actually in the Jimmy trade, right? Um, yeah. Kobe White, you know, they, you know, Chris Dunn was brought over, you know, uh, in, in, uh, in, the, in the Jimmy trade. But you, you're bringing in these top 15 picks – but they don't seem to get any better. Like you were saying last night that you thought it was the, the first game you've seen Markin and play really well this year was, was against the heat. Whereas you bring in a Tyler hero into Miami or even, or Brant Bam out of bio, you bring a Luca into Dallas and you bring a Kawhi Leonard into San Antonio during the height of their run. And you see what they become. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because you, you're watching more of these teams around the league and you're seeing like, Talented guys go to organizations, and like two years later, they're not what they were supposed to become. So, so much of it to me, Ethan, is about player development. And Miami has had that component as a part of their organization for years. Um, the same with San Antonio. So long before you were taking 18 and 19-year-old kids straight out of high school or one and duns, there was an infrastructure in place for the players you have to get better to grow and develop their game to mature a certain way. And when you have the continuity that goes along with that, even if a guy doesn't top out and hit his ceiling, you at least get positive results out of him based on your system. And there's so many teams in this league to me who are just now catching up from an infrastructure perspective on how to grow and develop young players. And Chicago is a glaring example. Think of all the guys who have come in there since – you can go all the way back to Tyson Chandler and Eddie Curry, that they weren't able to mature and develop in the right way. Um, they got Derrick Rose and they hit a zenith there for a couple of years with that group. But an injury happens to Rose and it comes, comes apart, obviously, pretty quickly thereafter. This, it's just one of those things where Chicago's got Wendell Carter Jr. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they, they've got other young, talented players, including Mark and Chris Dunn, I think, is – I don't know that he's turned out to be the player a lot of people expected. I, he was talked about as being a Russell Westbrook-type talent. I don't think he's in that neighborhood at all from a talent perspective. 
you just have to have some sort of way of maximizing what you get from you, from the players you, you draft year after year. If you're in the lottery and you stay there for more than about seven years, it's not the talent. You got to start looking at yourself in the mirror as an organization and wondering what you're not doing properly to get the most out of these guys because you should have turned a corner by them. Well, so let's look at two organizations in that context before we get to the heat. All right. So I look at one in the East and one in the West, Orlando in the East, you know, was a surprise last year, but Oladipo went through there, right? Didn't really blossom until he left. Tobias Harris, we saw signs of it there. They made a trade for him, which was a smart trade where they traded Reddick, who they weren't going to keep. And they brought in Tobias Harris at the end of the season for Milwaukee. Um, But he's become a better player since he left, right? I feel like the same is going to be the case if they trade Aaron Gordon. The same will be the case if Isaac is moved. Now, maybe they have a better infrastructure than they had, but they've lost a lot of guys. The other one is Sacramento. Like how many, I mean, I, I did this a couple of years ago. You, you literally could just pick, if you went through the drafts and took the guy that was picked one pick after Sacramento for the previous eight years, you would have basically had a dream team. Like one pick later, but I don't know if it's because they're picking the wrong guy or because that guy is not becoming what he should become in their program. Like you look at it again, like I like Bagley, right? Okay. But <laughs> look at the rest of that draft now. Right. And, and I'm wondering, okay, is, is he going to turn out to be what they expected him to be? You know, is De'Aaron Fox who we saw signs of this summer ever going to become elite playing for Sacramento because of their program they're in. Uh, to me, you mentioned the Spurs and the Heat. I know the Spurs are going through a little bit of a down period here, and they had the uncharacteristic thing with Kawhi. But the other organization I would put in that class right now is Toronto. Like, I, I feel like they've where – where they got Siakam, where they got Ananobi, uh, you know, where they got Van Vliet, right? Like, I feel like they're the other organization. And I feel like in the East, in terms of organizational structure and, and where they are, to me it's – it's Masai's group, it's Pat's group, and it's kind of everybody else. Like, I, I don't put Philadelphia there. I don't think Boston has done everything with their assets they could have done with their assets. Um, I, 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 I appreciate what Milwaukee's done under the circumstances, but I, I think the Heat and Toronto are the two best organizations in the East. Am I wrong? No, yeah, I think you're right. And Toronto's not one I mentioned, but think about what they've done with Van Vliet. You know, Ananobi you mentioned, Siakam, I mean – when you have guys who come in who are as unheralded as some of their players have been and have turned out to be the types of players that they are, that screams player development. It just it is such a it's such a huge, you know, component if you're trying to win as well, which I don't understand. I've I've asked some coaches about this, why it wasn't made a higher priority over the years. And a lot of them will tell you the truth. It's because they don't have a handle on the basketball world outside of the league, you know, of of that kind of clear pipeline. Like, if you're going to be good at at developing international players, then you have to have international scouts or contacts that you trust implicitly to give you the real, you know, snuff on players. You can't afford the sorts of mistakes some organizations have had over the years. I think Denver is a team that strikes me Mm -hmm. as as pretty good at player development in the West in terms of – think about – you know, the Gary Harris's, the Jamal Murray's, and some of those young guys they've had. Jokic is, is an absolute find for them. Um, uh, I, Torrey Craig. I mean, they, you know, when you look at these teams and they have players that have no bona fide profile for being exceptional 
in the league, and then they end up being way better than wherever they were drafted or whatever they were valued going into their entry into the league, that to me says your infrastructure is more than adequate for developing talent and becoming competitive. And, and that, in the absence of superstar talent, which we know is the one surefire way for you to build something that's sustainable, at least something winning, mm-hmm. that, it, that has to be your number one priority in terms of organizational structure. You can't do what the Clippers do every summer right? You know, and, and go out and, and land the biggest fish on the free agent pond. Well, and see, that's why I think Miami is so well positioned because another team that you, you, know, you can mention there, I think Utah is really good at it as well. But a lot of the teams we're talking about, the Utahs, the Milwaukees, the Torontos, which one of my favorite cities but has never been a destination, the Denvers, these are not destination cities. When you can take a destination city like Miami, yeah. which you know, is there with L.A., right? Uh, if you can take a destination city and then have a developmental program in there too, you know, that's, you know, that kind of puts you in position to contend for a long time. Like when you have both of those elements and that's one of the things about the heat organization um, that I think flies in the face of the national perception. And this is why I like having national guys on because there's this perception of Miami as South beach, right? Like glitz, glamor, whatever, you know, you know, they show the damn stadium in Miami (laughs) gardens across from a Walmart. Right. But they show you, but, but they're showing you the Clevelander, right. And uh, you know, and, and prime One Twelve, Okay. When, you know, try getting to those places at, you know, that time of the day, it'll take you an hour and 15 minutes, as you know, say, so like, there's this perception of, of Miami, and I think what is, is sort of unique, sort of paradoxical about what Riley and Spolster have built here is that they've built like a blue-collar, Midwestern-type mentality organization in paradise. It's, it's, it's very it's, – it's, and, and in the big three era, like even when you look at those teams, you say, okay, LeBron, Dwayne, Chris, right? Okay. But those teams were built on defense, all right? They were built on – I mean, they had to play some physically tough series against Indiana. Like, they had to beat a very physical Indiana team to get through. I mean, look at that. Paul George was starting at the two, right? <laughs> David West was at the four. Yeah. You, had, you know, Roy Hibbert was at the Roy five. Hibbert, yeah, yeah they, they had to go through that team three times, okay? I mean, they had to beat some physical teams. But it always was like, oh, the glitz, the glamour. That's not really what the Heat organization is about. What my, you know, our friend Dan Levitard always says, like Pat Riley is more Schenectady than he is Showtime. <laughs> you know, you know. So, so I, I think that's what they build. And I want to transition here with you because what I see happening here, and I'm not traditionally known as a Heat quote unquote homer. I hated their moves the last two years. You and I talked about them. I've talked about them with many national guys. I killed the organization what they did for the last two years because it didn't make any sense, all right, to go out and pay, you know, I don't want to get through, through it again. People are sick of me talking about it. But, you know, go pay average players when you can just go find average players. As mean said on our pod, like, just go find the next, you know, Hassan Whiteside. Go find the next Tyler Johnson. Go find the next James Johnson. Don't pay them. You know, just, just find them and develop them. So I, I've been hard on them at times, but what I respect about them is that they've built, uh, and I hate using the word culture, but they've, they've built this, this thing, I'll just call it, uh, where you know, it, it, you're expected to work hard here and you're expected to be selfless here and you're expected to buy in here. And I don't think that happens in many organizations. So I will put this to you beyond this season. You look ahead. At, I've made the case, Seku, that they should not make a major move this season. Um, I think they should let this group grow. I don't think they should do anything to damage 2021. Because when I look at 2021 and I look at that class, I would say Miami with a young, unselfish center, uh, with a, a superstar in Jimmy or whatever you want to call him, star, superstar, whatever, 
who has shown now, whatever type of teammate you thought he was somewhere else, you, he's shown that he'll be a leader and he'll distribute to other guys and all the rest of this. And then you're putting young shooters around that group with a proven coach in Spolstra. I think Miami is going to be a top three destination in 2021. For guys like Giannis, I don't know that Kawhi leaves, but Oladipo, yeah. some other guys in that group. Again, am I wrong there? No, and and look, I've, I've pushed back on using the word culture all the time, mostly because I got teenagers. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. His sons, actually one of them's older than a teenager now, but, and, and if, if they hear words like that come out of my mouth, they freak out, you know, because that, <laughs> we're not supposed to know about it, we're not supposed to say it, but it, when you're building a culture in anything, um, it's about building kind of a, a, a modus operandi for your organization. And the Heat have built that. That was one of the things that led LeBron and, and Bosch here when the Heatles got together. It's, it's probably what swayed Jimmy Butler. He actually talked about it last night after the game, um, you know, in terms of the way the organization grows its players. There's a culture. So you're right. I mean, Miami is a perplexing place. Um, I've been here enough over the past two decades, playoffs going all the way back to Dwayne Wade's rookie year and before, um, to now. It, it is literally a, a multicultural paradise in terms of the people, the climate, the amenities, you know, what's available to you. And, and think about the, the amount of winning that's going on in this city between Hurricanes football and the Miami Heat, I don't know that anything else that's been done down here compares. I know the Dolphins are the biggest no. deal a lot of times, but they haven't come close no, to don't, winning. Don't, 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 don't go there. Say yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, I mean, what you've built down here is not only a, a tradition of, of operating a certain way, but also you've got championships to show for it. My thing about any team trying to win in the NBA is if you have your optimal – situation in terms of the right talent, right coach, right time, and ownership, you know, that, that allows you to do what it takes to compete at the highest level, and you don't at least play for a championship, you've missed a window of a, a opportunity that may or may not come back in a lifetime. The Heat, think about it now, the, both times that they had those optimal conditions in terms of the right talent, everything, all they won. You know, they won in those right. – they won with Wade and, and, and Shaq when they had that sweet mix of everything you need, that kind of cosmic configuration of everything at the right time. And then they did it again when they had the heels. Now, I'm not saying that they're on the path to that right now. I'm just saying that in order to put yourself in that position, you have to have done all the things they've done leading up to this, including making the mistakes and, and correcting them. They're going to correct some of those mistakes, some of those contracts they gave out. You know, they, they've already moved guys on, you know, some of them. And they will, I'm sure, find ways to get away from other ones. But you have to make all those mistakes as, as a part of that entire, you know, they, you know, that whole gumbo of trying to win. You have to do the good things, the bad, and then correct everything that needs to be corrected to even put yourself in that position. 
Yeah, that's the point I made about continuity. When you have the same people in place, they'll recognize what it is they did that was uncharacteristic, and they'll fix it. And you, you mentioned the Dolphins. The problem with the Dolphins is, I mean, since Riley's been here, I think it's nine head coaches for the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, and, and different front offices to the point where we don't know who made what draft picks and GM comes in without the coach, coach leaves without the GM. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. And so, you know, it's like you're just throwing stuff at a wall. Now, I, I, the Dolphins plan this year made some sense because it was coherent at least. And, you know, how well they execute will depend on whether they turn all these draft picks into something significant. But I, they got the right head coach in my view, and at least that's a start. That's more than they've done, uh, you know, really since, since – uh, since Jimmy decided he was he was kind of tired of coaching and just wanted to play with Buttercup and trade stocks, you know. But, but basically, but but I mean, they they have the right coach now, so we'll see what happens. But in the Heat's case, you know, they make mistakes, but then you know they sort of okay, we recognize the mistake. Let's get rid of the mistake when we can get rid of the mistake. And like you said, they're they're half of the way there. They, they've they've rid themselves of the Whiteside and Tyler Johnson contracts. Right, they right. basically banished. Dion and JJ. And I said last night, I mean, it's remarkable. I mean, they're doing this. They're seventeen and six as we speak. And they've got two guys making $26 million this year who they, they don't want to play, right? Yeah. I mean, they're just they're, they're various sicknesses, essentially, at this point. I mean, it's, and then last night against Chicago, like, they could have used what James Johnson could provide. Like, they were short on bodies. Jimmy was exhausted to the point he, he was, couldn't get yeah. out of his locker for 10 minutes. Yeah. And they could use another ball handler, which is what J.J. did to make his money a couple of years ago. And and they wouldn't play him. I want to get to some, some more well, let, stuff. And, and also, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sager. Yeah, I, I would just say, too, one thing, Ethan, and, and you know this because you've been in it this entire time, but I don't think people appreciate it as much as they should. When I tell you, and I've covered different teams, I've covered the entire league, so I've kind of been able to see it from, from different perspectives. When I tell you that the Heat's combination of ownership, Pat Riley is the steward of the organization, and they're sticking by Eric Spolster through all things. Like, they easily could have thrown him overboard at some point when LeBron was here, when things got tight, whatever. For an organization to stick to its core principles like that, I don't know that people in Miami or, or say, in San Antonio, I don't know if they appreciate how rare that is in, in sports, in such a reactionary business where decisions are made on a whim sometimes or at, at you know, it's somebody, if somebody's having a owner's having a bad day and they, you know, they don't want to put up with certain things anymore. They make changes. Like, I don't know that people appreciate fully how rare that is and how important it becomes when you're talking about building sustainable models um, in, in, in the NBA or any other sport. Yeah, I've said this before. Eric, Eric told me, um, well, seven years ago now that he thought he was going to get fired three times. He thought he was gonna get. He thought he was gonna get fired when they brought in LeBron when they would need a bigger name coach. He thought they they were gonna get. He was gonna get fired at nine and eight. We all remember that in Dallas, players only meeting where Dwayne Basie told them all, "Could you communicate with each other, please?" And yeah. uh, of course, that leak leaked out the next day to ESPN.com about all the fights LeBron and Spo were having behind the scenes. And then he thought he could have got fired after 2011 finals, which uh, you know was not primarily his fault, but the expectations were so high. Right. I mean, he he should have he should have countered with Chalmers against Berea earlier, but that's, that's a whole nother. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to my grave with that one, but that, <laughs> that was on LeBron. I mean, that, that, that series was on LeBron no and, and we all know that. All right. All right I'm going to get to some rapid fire stuff sure. here with Sekou after the break, but want to tell you real quick about another of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. And that's East coast public adjusters, which wants you to know there's only 10 months left to open your Irma claim. That's right. Just 10 months. You don't want to miss out on that money. So call now before it's too late. 
That's 855-GET-ECPA. You got a leaky roof, experiencing plumbing issues. Those problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So don't settle for less. For a free, no obligation inspection, call East Coast Public Adjusters. They've been in business for 31 years. That's right. Since 1988, the first year of the Miami Heat. So here's the number again, 855-GET-ECPA, or visit their website, ecpaclaims.com. Their knowledgeable staff standing by as we speak to answer all of your questions. All right, I got five questions for Seiku here. We're going to do these rapid fire. Right now, in a playoff series, are you taking LeBron and AD, or are you taking Paul George and Kawhi? Seven games. In L.A., obviously. It's not going anywhere else. So, in, in that building, I don't care who the home team is, who's winning that series? Yeah, that's, that's my dream playoff series. I've been saying it for 20 years, that if we could ever get an all-L.A. playoff series, whether it's the conference finals, whatever, I'd take it. Um, I would take LeBron and A.D. And I'm a, I know that, you know, Paul George and Kawhi are as good as you could get two-way players at their positions. I just think A.D. gives – you an elevated, you know, level of play you could get to with a guy like LeBron. If LeBron's got a teammate that good to play off of, I would have a really hard time picking somebody other than LeBron and whoever he's playing. Does Giannis win a championship before he becomes a free agent in 2021? Again, if he does not sign the extension. No, I don't think, I don't think his supporting cast is good enough to win it all. And, and I think they're really, really good, but I think they're, there's kind of a fatal glitch in, in how they're going to play and with the guys they have, and I don't think he's going to get it done before. That. All right, third question then. Does Giannis leave in 2021 if he doesn't win a championship? God, I hope not. I, for, for the sake <laughs> of the upper Midwest, you know, and I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I, I know. You know as, if, as if things couldn't get worse than the weather, you know, the economy, the Rust Belt. I mean, that would be such a blow, you know, to folks in Milwaukee. Ugh, I, I hope he doesn't. I like to see guys stick it out where they are, but I know that's naive and it's not a part of the league in the way we've come to know it the last decade or so. Does James Harden ever win a championship as the best player on his team? No. I don't, and, it, and I think it's because James Harden doesn't prioritize winning in the way that a player of his caliber should. That's fair. I mean, I, I think he may win eventually, but I don't think it'll be as the best. I don't player. think it'll, I, it won't be with him as the alpha. I don't think. No, so. no, I, I, I don't, I don't think so either. All right, now let's finish this uh, here with the Heat. I put everybody on the record now because I, we keep having people come down and <laughs> oh, like okay. I mean, Mark Stein saying me and Zach Lowe are the only ones that have them in the top. <laughs> so I'm going to stick to that. Uh, but we had Amin on, and Amin says he thinks their upside is the their ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Their seal without without further moves other than maybe tweaking, get rid we're getting rid of a Dion or JJ or something like that. Derek Jones Jr. Uh, maybe moves on. Other than uh, you know a major move, what is the upside for the Heat this year? I think their conference semifinals is their upside. I think they they'll run out of what you need to win in, in a playoff series against superior competition, and I think they're three or four teams as good or better than them, obviously. A couple that I think are clearly better than them in terms of talent. I, I'm, I would be worried about putting as much as they're going to have to in the hands of young players, Nunn, Harrell. Um, that would be more than you should reasonably expect from young players to do in, in, in their first taste of the playoffs. And I covered 
Dwayne Wade's first play, you know playoffs when he was a rookie and played lights out. I don't I don't know if we appreciate just how hard that is to do for players in their first time around. So no, I, I don't know that conference finals that would have that would require everything to break their way, and rarely do we see that happen. Maybe. Yeah, to me, a lot of it's going to depend on matchups. I, I don't like um, a couple of the matchups for that. I don't love the Philly matchup. I, I think Embiid creates serious problems. And I think they, they would have a fantastic series with Toronto. I kind of like the Boston matchup. I, I think if they can get in the Boston matchup, I think there are things they can exploit. I don't really look much into what happened there going up there a second night of a back-to-back, exhausted. Yeah. I, I, I don't – you know, I, I think – that's a series I, you know, I'll take my chances. I know how good Stevens is. I'll take my chances with Spolster against him in there. And, and I, I'll take my chances if Winslow is healthy on guarding those wings, which is really right. what you need to do against Boston. And, and as many problems as Kemba gave the heat, you know, obviously it was with Charlotte. They have tremendous respect for Kemba. They really do. Uh, but I, I think they can take Kemba away enough, make him inefficient enough to have a chance against them. But I don't, I don't lie. I hate, I know Heat fans hate hearing it. I don't love the Philly matchup for a lot of different no. reasons. No. Uh, and and I, I think Philly's going to add some buyout guys too. It's going to make their bench a little bit better. Uh, I would, I would tell team. you, I would tell you this as just as, as, as one small addition. If, and this, you know, we play the if game in this league because you don't know what the next weeks, months, whatever holds. If Bam Adebayo was to hold up, physically at, with the way he's playing with what I've seen mm-hmm. so far this season, what I saw last night, even I think he's, he's so underrated in terms of the winning plays he makes defensively, which we didn't know if he was going to be that kind of guy after a year at Kentucky. You just, there's not enough sample size when you, these guys are coming out one and done to know exactly how good they'll be with all the nuance of the game. Mm-hmm. But he was so – I mean, he made – I kept bumping you last night. He made yep. so many plays defensively that don't – that you can't really account for. Um, if he were to play at this level all season long, he would go into the postseason one of the most difficult bigs to, to scheme mm-hmm. against because he can do basically everything but effectively score going at the basket. If, and once he masters that – you know, good Lord. I mean, he, he well, I, I, I think that's coming. I think that's kind of, he is. Uh, well, the, the thing that, that was said to me when they drafted and we drafted a big, we can play in the playoffs. And, and I think mm-hmm. these days there are certain bigs who are great bigs that you can't really play in the playoffs. I mean, I, I'm not saying you can't play Jokic, but he's not as effective because exactly. defensively, I mean, Gobert, I, there's things you can do against Gobert in the playoffs there, there, you know, Embiid is a, if, as long as he's healthy is a big, obviously you can you play in the playoffs. He's got, he's got to be healthy, but you know, Marcus Saul at this day, you know, I, I think that there are very few bigs. I think that you say, we're just going to put him out there. He's going to play his 40 minutes. He's going to get his days, day, day or two rest between games and he's going to be fine. And I think that's another thing to look at. I think that benefits the heat. They're deep, but they need Jimmy and Bam to play a lot of minutes in the postseason. Yeah. And they're also going to need the rookies who have never played that kind of schedule before to get some rest. And the playoffs, you don't have back-to-backs, right? You don't have – sometimes you don't even play right. every other day. I think that's a big advantage to them. So there are certain matchups I like for them, but, you know, it's funny. Everybody who sits in that chair falls in love with Bam. It's like you have, <laughs> you, you have, you have to watch him – yeah. You have to watch him. Like, it's not – the stats are not really – as good as the stats are, they don't really do it justice because you just see him make every correct play yes. on every possession in every area of the floor, and there's never a place you're like, oh, he shouldn't be out there. He shouldn't be handling. He should – the only thing I want him to do is rise up and shoot it. I, he yeah. can. And, and, and the seven turnovers against Chicago, five of them 
I looked at him again. Five of them were because he wouldn't just shoot the ball or go to the basket. If, once he starts to do that, you're right. I think the sky's the limit. Well, Seku Smith, you can follow him on Twitter, obviously, but also check him out on NBA TV, NBA.com, uh, and all the other places that you get your Turner NBA stuff. Hopefully, you guys will throw the heat on there a little bit more often. We want those ratings to go up, Seku. You know, I that's, think he's uh, coming. Yeah, it's got to. They got to flex out so that gold stack the world is what they got to do. All right, there's a, there's, a, there's only there's only so much of Eric Paschal I can take. You know, that's yeah, uh, we, man. Who you we, 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 a nice player, but we've seen enough. Uh, thanks for joining me, Seiko. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate you always. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.